Hey, y'all. Welcome to the podcast, The Not-So-Empty Nest. Things have been growing around here. A new grandbaby has been born just nine days ago, so naturally, I have been a little sidetracked with my not-so-empty nest, (laughs) and that's a good distraction, of course. I hope that as you prepare for Easter, uh, when I'm recording this, we are Um, about to have Palm Sunday and then Easter in just a week away. Um, Many would consider this to be the most important season of uh, Christianity. Christmas is fun, but it was at Easter that Jesus paid the price. That, That made everything that we practice as Christians, uh, the the forgiveness, the redemption, the reconciliation, hope, joy, peace, all healings, all of that is made possible because of what Jesus did on the cross. So, um, I want to share several things with you uh, today, um, and I'm just excited about it. The very first thing I want to share with you is something that I wrote concerning Easter And I hope that this might bless your hearts. Um, I believe that we are almost always in one of these places. And you'll see what I mean. Easter. Waiting. Grieving. Hoping. Believing. Does one of those decide where you are right now? I can relate. And so could the women and others that day long ago. Their dreams had died days before. Then a day was required as a Sabbath rest. So they prepared as best as they could for what they thought tomorrow would bring. And they waited. Waiting, grieving, hoping, believing. Luke 23, 55-56 says, As his body was taken away, the women of Galilee followed and saw the tomb where his body was placed. Then they went home and prepared spices and ointments to anoint his body. But by the time they were finished, the Sabbath had begun, so they rested as required by the law. Now, they were confused and shaken and not sure how this would all turn out. They wanted to trust, but their eyes were full of tears and the images of the horror that they had seen. Their hearts were broken. Words of despair haunted their ears and minds, waiting, grieving, hoping, believing. Saturday evening, it says in Mark 16, 1, when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salam went out and purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. We can understand from our own times of feeling helpless and powerless to change situations or to rescue those who we love. We can almost hear their sobs as they try to reason out the unreasonable, waiting, grieving, hoping, believing. 
we can call from this side of their tomorrow and tell them it will be okay. The resurrection is on the way. Death did not win and their dreams did not die after all. This is exactly what the Holy Spirit whispers in our ears when we will be quiet enough to listen. Take courage. Sunday is coming. Very early on Sunday morning, it says in Mark 16:2-4, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. On the way, they were asking each other, who will roll the stone away for us from the entrance to the tomb? But as they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. Now, we're very, most of us would be very familiar with this passage, and we know what happened next. The women ran and shared the good news uh, that Jesus was not in the tomb. Jesus had, in fact, been resurrected. Uh, he will be seen by his disciples and many other people during this resurrected time. And this little um, devotional that I wrote helps me to remember, and I hope it will help you to remember, that we are not alone when we are facing tough times. All we can see with our human eyes is the moment right now, right where we are. But God is already on the other side. We may be indeed waiting in a season of waiting. We may be grieving for what we have lost or for the the dreams that have died. We we may have come into a time of hoping where we're we're trying to believe and hope for better. And then we may be finally come to that point of believing. Believing that what God says is more real than what we see or hear or feel. What those women that day, what they saw, what they heard, what they felt did not lead to anything good. Everything they had expected, their great expectations had turned into great disappointment. And yet, Sunday was coming. And in our situations, in our broken relationships, in our uh, diagnosis that seem to be without hope, with our struggles in finances or whatever it is that that is our struggle, the Sunday's coming. We're not going to be left in this place of waiting. It's going to lead. We'll probably have to do a stage of grieving, hoping, and then believing. I hope that your Easter is going to be exceptionally wonderful this year. And I've got something else I want to share with you. I'm just going to stop right here, and I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'd like to share something with you from one of my favorite uh, Christian authors, C.S. Lewis. I'll probably mention him lots of times uh, throughout these podcasts. 
But if you've ever sat one-on-one with me studying the Word or discussing life, I'll often say something like this. Picture this. (laughs) It always helps me to do so if I can picture it in my mind. And that is exactly what C.S. Lewis is saying here. Imagine. I'd like to read to you his quote. Imagine yourself as a living house. God comes in to rebuild that house. At first, perhaps you can understand what he is doing. He's getting the drains right and stopping the leaks in the roof and so on. You know that those jobs needed doing, and so you are not surprised. But presently, he starts knocking the house about in a way that hurts abominably, and it does not seem to make any sense. What on earth is he up to? The explanation is that he is building quite a different house from the one you thought of throwing out a new wing here, putting on an extra floor there, running up towers, making courtyards. You thought you were being made into a decent little cottage, but he is building a palace and he intends to come and live in it himself. That is by C.S. Lewis. There is so much good imagery and stark truth in this quote from his book, Mere Christianity. Sometimes we do understand what he, meaning God, is doing, but then we lose understanding during the hurts abominably parts. That's when the questions flow over our minds like a flood that threatens our very foundations. What on earth is he up to? This is when we rest in the truth of who he is and choose to press on in faith in spite of our limited understanding. And even if it looks quite different than what we could have ever imagined. In Isaiah 55, 8, it says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. I want to speak very plainly to some of you listening today. As I often say, only God knows exactly who is going to be listening. But I hope that at some point during this, you're going to say, yeah, me too. I know that some of us are in places and stages of our life that we do not understand what is happening and why. We can't make any sense out of it. We are, as we said just a few moments ago, in a stage of waiting or grieving or hoping and then believing you are not alone in this. Christians all over are struggling with similar things, maybe different circumstances. My grief may not be yours, but we are in this together. I wanted to read to you from uh, Psalms. I've been reading a lot on uh, 
the Psalms and Proverbs these last, um, well, for April. And so they're about 10 days in. And I want to read this one to you, Psalm 39, 1 through 10. I just, I thought it was so good and I thought it might bless you. It really blessed me from the New Living Translation. I said to myself, I will watch what I do and not sin in what I say. I will hold my tongue when the ungodly are around me. But as I stood there in silence, not even speaking of good things, the turmoil within me grew worse. The more I thought about it, the hotter I got, igniting a fire of words. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you at best. Each of us is just a breath. We are merely moving shadows and all our busy rushing ends in nothing. We heap up wealth, not knowing who will spend it. And so, Lord, where do I put my hope? My only hope is in you. Rescue me from my rebellion. Do not let fools mock me. I am silent before you. I won't say a word, for my punishment is from you. But please stop striking me. I am exhausted by the blows from your hand. I believe there are some of you that are listening that you're feeling pretty exhausted and it feels like that you're getting struck from every angle. But God is who we can put our trust in and he understands that the intentions of our hearts, even when the words are boiling up in us like a fire, like this scripture says. I want to uh, share one other scripture with you. Um, I've got it here in a number of translations, and I probably won't read all of them, but you, of course, read it in the translation that you like the best. But it's 2 Corinthians 5, 16, and I heard a speaker refer to it, and I went and and I looked it up because it spoke to my heart. But I'm just going to read the very first part of that verse. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. Do you know how tempting, I know you do, how tempting it is to decide we know just how someone is? We uh, look at them from a human point of view and we decide what kind of person they are, whether they are dependable or whether they are uh, trustworthy or whether they have a future or whether there is any hope or value in them. Listen to this one in the Amplified. So from now on, we regard no one from a human point of view according to worldly standards and values. Here it is in the Good News Translation. No longer then do we judge anyone by human standards. Now the reason that this meant a lot to me, this particular verse, as a matter of fact, let me finish the second part of the verse. It goes It goes along. Even if at one time we judged Christ according to human standards, we no longer do so. What does this mean? 
To me, it means that at one time, just like those women on that uh, Easter Sunday many years ago, during that Good Friday, that crucifixion day, they saw things through human eyes and they were limited by what they could see and frustrated and discouraged and waiting, grieving, hoping and believing. But there was more to it than what they could see. And here's what I want to tell you today. That person that maybe just makes you shake your head, that person who has treated you unfairly, that person who has betrayed you, there's more to them than what you can see with your human eyes. And so I'd like to challenge you along with myself, I'm challenging myself, to no longer evaluate others from a human point of view. I hope that you have enjoyed today. I've enjoyed being with you. And I hope that these scriptures have stirred hope in your heart. And that you know that no matter what stage you are at, waiting, grieving, hoping, or believing, stages change, seasons change. They always do. And God stays the same. Happy Easter! Easter!